Welcome to the Dr. Renee Frazier Show, Why Women. I'm so excited to be back on the air with you. This is Renee Frazier. I'm the CEO of Frazier Communications, one of the leading women-owned advertising firms in Southern California. I'm pleased to say Frazier Communications does marketing and advertising for clients like Toyota and Lexus, as well as causes in the health arena, the Department of Public Health, California State, the Cal EITC, and we also do work in the sustainability arena with Department of Water and Power and the Clean Power Alliance. But today on the show, we're going to feature women who have been successful and issues that women face. The Why Women Show is dedicated to helping folks understand the issues and learn about how women lead and succeed. We have some amazing and powerful women here in Los Angeles. And today on the show, we have two wonderful women. We're going to be talking about the Downtown Women's Center and the problems that we see with unhoused This is something that we're dealing with in Los Angeles. Our mayor, Karen Bass, has declared an emergency. She's very aggressively addressed this issue. And on this show, we've talked about L.A. Family Housing, Volunteers of America, some of the programs that exist. One of my favorites is the Downtown Women's Center. I'm a donor, and I've been to a number of their events where I've learned about the wonderful work that they do. I'm very impressed. I'm delighted to bring on... Lorena Sanchez. And Lorena is the head of communications and development at the Downtown Women's Center. We're also going to talk to a woman that went through some of the programs, one in specifically there. But let's first learn more about what the Downtown Women's Center does. Lorena, welcome to the show. Thank you, Renee. It's a pleasure to be here. And thank you for the warm welcome. The, the Downtown Women's Center has been around since 1978. We were founded by Jill Haverson. She was doing outreach work in downtown and noticed, um, began to notice women experiencing homelessness for the first time. It's historically been more of a, of a men's issue. And Jill noticed that there were no resources, no housing, uh, no services tailored for women. And so she, she bought a building with money she was saving up for a down payment and started the Downtown Women's Center. Wow. Uh, as you can imagine, because there weren't any services, there wasn't a guide or a manual for, for how to. So it started off as a place where women could come for a warm meal for a community. And uh, it became the very first provider of permanent supportive housing in the country. And it wasn't our first first. We were also the first uh, to provide critical intervention uh, services on the western side of the U.S., we remain the only health clinic in the Skid Row community for women and the only access center for women in Los Angeles. That's amazing. I, I, I want to unpack a little bit of that for our listeners. Uh, permanent supportive housing and supportive housing. What that means is there are additional services. We don't just move people into housing, but you have services available to them. Can you describe some of those so people understand? Yeah, absolutely. At Downtown Women's Center, we operate 119 uh, units of permanent supportive housing. So this is housing where you have um, someone uh, taking care of you while you're there. And it, it's it's a case manager. And um, when you start off living there, you tend to check in about once a month. And this person is helping you to navigate services um, depending on your needs. It could be that you are um, receiving mental health services or services for trauma. Um, I know that when I look at my uh, 
statement from Blue Shield, I have no idea what I'm looking at. And so you can just imagine if you're, um, you know, looking in between and trying to figure out your services. And so really, uh, these case managers often ask, uh, act as navigators, helping um, the women to navigate their what they have access to. So that means have, that means healthcare, and that means um, access maybe to a uh, a card for food, right? It can be also job access, all kinds of services, right, to get them back on their feet. Absolutely, uh, many women want to go back to school or get connected to employment resources. We have an occupational therapist on staff, a nurse on staff. A lot of the women that live with us are older and they are dealing with um, mobility issues. And so that's where someone like an occupational therapist is is imperative. Wow. Wow. Well, I think it is important. You know, I, many of us have driven down, uh, uh, you know, the, uh, the uh, area that we're talking about and we've seen how serious the problem is in downtown Los Angeles with the unhoused. You know, the unhoused situation has seems to have grown during the pandemic. Can you give us a few of those statistics? Um, absolutely. Uh, well, for women, since 2015, it's grown uh, 65%. Right now, the 2022 homeless count, this is a count that takes place every year, um, the increase was 2%. And this number is you know, sounds a little bit on the conservative side, and, and we do believe it is conservative. It's considered to be an undercount, um, but we just did another one in January, so this summer we should know kind of a, a more accurate picture of where we're at. And that's due to, um, you know, people are still re- settling down yes. um, after, after being, uh, maybe staying with family, um, doubling up with, or, you know, moving elsewhere, perhaps out of the city. And so I think we'll have a better picture this summer. Um, But to more directly answer your question, I think those who were unhoused when the pandemic started or vulnerable already were made more vulnerable when certain industries were hard hit. Things like bars, restaurants, um, anything that was sheltered, those individuals were furloughed or were out of a job. At Downtown Women's Center, um, we have a kitchen and we had, we got the, we had the honor of of housing a few chefs, not housing, but employing a few chefs mm-hmm. that were working at places like the Ace Hotel or uh, Major Domo Restaurant, and they were helping um, make amazing meals for the ladies there. How wonderful. So wonderful. They got the benefit of it. I have eaten at the uh, Downtown Women's Center. It's a lot of fun and gotten to meet the women. Um, you also have a shop there where people, they've made candles. Uh, tell us a little bit about that so people know they can also go online and buy those things to help support Downtown Women's Center. Yeah, in, in 2010, Downtown Women's Center started a social business. And today that includes a um, brick and mortar cafe. And that's at our location on 5th and San Pedro in the Skid Row community. We also have a boutique. It's a little bit like a crossroads or an out of the closet. So if you have some things in your closet that you want to donate or you think you might fit into maybe 10 pounds from now, but you want to have a good home, um, considered made by DWC. On our website, you can see we've got some treasures on there um, and we're happy to resell them. And everything will go back towards the center. And then um, we also have a product line of candles and soaps and other amazing things 
And I know that all of my friends and family get those during the holidays. It, it also makes a great for corporate giving. I think you're absolutely right. I've given them away uh, for the last five years. And uh, it's also an opportunity to talk about the program, which is great when you talk with your friends. And and the, the candles are wonderful. People really do enjoy them. So 119 women who are housed there. And then women are able to come in for services even if they're not housed there. Is that right? Yes. Um, we operate in Access Center, a, a drop-in day center. So we're open um, all seven days a week. And we're a contact point for you to get connected to, with services. So you, you can come to Downtown Women's Center. You could come by for a meal, for a shower, uh, to get some clothes. We also have a health clinic that's co-located on site. And this is a, this is a really important offering because it's an opportunity to get health care in a, in a female-only environment. And now, you know, not everybody wants or needs that, but it is it is a special thing to be able to offer, especially for women that do not have that kind of safety or security otherwise. Oh, I think it's a big problem. You know, uh, about a decade ago, I was involved in a film about homelessness with a wonderful woman uh, who loved cats and had a whole collection of cats uh, and storage units, but was was living on Skid Row. And I remember in my conversations with her, healthcare was one of her major issues, feeling comfortable and uh, knowing that she could get access. And I imagine you know, during COVID, it was also about testing, right, and getting the vaccine and all of those things. Well, Lorena, let's let's pause for a moment. We're going to have to take a break for uh, the news and traffic. I want people to know they're listening to the Renee Frazier show, Why Women, and we're talking about the Downtown Women's Center. I'd like next to bring on Alex, who's a member of your team there with LA Rise. And can you tell us a little bit about Alex and then we'll fade out with traffic? Absolutely. Alex is an amazing colleague. Um, not only did she go through our transitional work program, but she now trains women who are going through the same program and helping them get a, a fresh start. That's great. So Alex uh, has came to the program. We'll learn about her story and her journey, and we'll learn more about the Downtown Women's Center and maybe how you can volunteer or help. So stay tuned. You're listening to the Dr. Renee Fraser Show, Why Women. Dr. Renee Frazier, and you're listening to Why Women. We're talking about a wonderful program called the Downtown Women's Center, and it's actually multifaceted. And I want to bring on a lovely guest, Alex, who's going to talk to us about how the Downtown Women's Center make it a big difference in her life. Alex, welcome to the show. Hi, how are you doing? Great. Thank you so much. Give me your story. How did you come upon the Downtown Women's Center? And when did you first even come to Los Angeles? Well, I moved to Los Angeles in December of 2019, um, actually on the 15th on my birthday, I came to Los Angeles and I moved here to be a bartender. I had been a bartender for 20 years and so many people told me to move to this city. I would do so much better because I was pretty much, I'm from Texas and I'm from a little bitty town. Mm -hmm. So I was the bartender of the town. So I was <laughs> moving here for better opportunity Sure, and I ended up coming across the women's center because COVID happened month, and in January COVID came down on us and Los Angeles shut all the restaurants down. And I didn't really have any job skills on how to do anything else other than bartend. 
And so I um, was trying to figure out because I was going through my savings so fast and I met a lady and she told me to go to the downtown. And so I didn't go to the women's center at first. I linked up with a housing program mm -hmm. called uh, Project Room Key that they had. Oh, I know that one. Pandemic. Yep. Yes, ma'am. Yep. And when I enrolled in that housing program, they introduced me to the downtown women's center. And so I in, I got in a program called LA Rise, and I don't know if I'm going to let people know what LA Rise is. It's an innovative collaborative program partnership that unites the city and county of Los Angeles workforce development system with a nonprofit social enterprise and for-profit employers to help men and women with high barriers to employment get good jobs and stay employed. I like that. That's a very good description. But tell us what it really meant for you. What it meant for me was my whole reason of getting in the program when I spoke with workforce development, they kind of matched me with what I already knew. And so um, Connie Taylor, who was one of the the ladies that helped me in the beginning, she's actually a director now, but she told me, well, we're going to put you in the LA Rise program so you can learn a new skill. So you can be able to take that skill and go to another job, being that I only had skill to be bartending. Right. So they put me in the candle, the production area where they made candles, soaps, and bath salts, which was really similar to bartending because I was <laughs> pouring. And so I went through the program. At that time, it was a six-month program. Mm -hmm. And I worked two days a week. And they liked me so much, they asked me to stay. So even though I could go bartend now or do whatever, I love working for the Downtown Women's Center because they really saved my life during the pandemic. I was almost going to go back home because I just didn't know I was out here by myself and I just didn't know what to do. But sure. I fell in love with the life changing work of the Downtown Women's Center. They didn't just help me with a job. They helped me with counseling, uh -huh. uh, medical. They helped me. um do my resume they gave us a makeover when we graduated to to get ready for interviews even though I got to stay where I was I still got the services they have a thing called retention services once you graduate you get um you get like $75 for each check you get so you can retain the job uh -huh. so you get one for your first check then your 30 days and your 90 day and then six months and a year so they support you even up to a year after you graduate that's great just to make sure you're staying in the job that you were put in that's so, great like it really saved my life it did I love it. Alex, uh, your remarkable uh, story, and I, I'm delighted to hear that you're now training others. I'm, I'm going to ask. Am. Yeah, that's great. I'm, I'm going to ask you about being a bartender. In my experience, watching on television and uh, attending a few bars, bartenders are often like a conversationalist, right? And a little yes. bit like hairdressers, sometimes they're a therapist. At the same time, they listen to your problems, especially if somebody's having a difficult time. So I bet you have those skills. And do those oh, yes. I always tell my boss yeah. that I feel like my life that I've led all my life prepared me for the position I am in now. Because you're right, as a bartender, you're like a therapist. You're like uh, a psychiatrist. Like you have to help people if they're talking to you and you know how have to know how to communicate. That really works well with this job because of the type of trainees that we receive. They might have trauma. They might have, and all the skills that I don't have, the Women's Center, we have workshops and all that on how to deal with 
you know, somebody with a mental health issue, somebody with domestic violence or something like that. They prepare us for all of that. But my lived experience as a bartender, being able to talk to different types of people, prepared me for this role. Totally. Really did. Yeah, I, I love that. I think it's so important to be able to listen well, right? Yes. And, and And be empathetic, right? To hear the stories. I mean... Yes, Tell yes. me about the the women that are that you come across. Tell us what are, what are their lived stories? Are, did a lot of them come to, to the program as a result of what they experienced at COVID? Or I know in the in the work that I've done and the conversations I've had, some people have had just one devastating medical bill, or a, a, a husband or a mother who gets very ill and they they stop their job because they have to, and then terrible things happen. Well, we get all those type of cases as well Um, because COVID has kind of died down. I'm not seeing as much from COVID. Um, A lot of what I'm seeing here lately is reentry. And what that means is people that are getting right out of prison. Mm -hmm. Um, I recently had a lady that was in 30 years. Oh, my. So she hadn't worked in a while. So we're we teach job skills just by them showing up every day clocking in on time, doing their work, that shows an employer. Yes. He gives their evaluation. That shows an employer that, okay, for three months, 300 hours, they showed up. They did what they were supposed to. They followed procedure. They, they were a good worker because we give them an evaluation for every 100 hours to show their progression. Smart. And that lets them know that they're doing better as well. It makes them feel confident about themselves. And we're real um, – inspiring like we try to inspire them to be this great employee like we're very uplifting here no oh, negativity good. like I always tell them all the time it's okay you're training you don't have to be perfect just you know we'll work through it because a lot of them are worried you know if they mess up here there we're more lax in the job training because we're trying to transition them into the working good point so we're we're preparing them for a regular job that's what our whole purpose here is because a lot of them haven't worked in a while and like Lorena said we see a lot of older people yes and so it's getting them back in the just of working because they're coming off the street they're finally getting housed and now we try to help them retain the housing by the job training program that makes so much sense i think you know you lose your confidence right you're uncertain especially if you've been incarcerated it's like well what good am i going to be who can i who'd want to hire me i mean those are the things that go through your head so you've got to have somebody who sees the goodness in you right who's really sees who you are here for that's what we do we try to bring out the best qualities in them and and elevate that quality just if it's just knowing how to dress for an interview, getting a resume done, knowing like when they leave my production space, they can go work in any production area because it's a full on production here where we make the candle soaps and bath salts. And then we also have pop-up shops where they can get the sales experience. Oh, good. And then we have the boutique, of course, where they can get the retail experience. And then we have the cafe where they can get the barista That's experience. That's great. Great. And then now we just started doing the kitchen as well. They can work in our kitchen. So if they wanted to go work in a, a, a restaurant kitchen or anything like that, they can have that experience as well. So they get that on their resume and yes. experience, which is wonderful. I think uh, it makes so much sense to be able to have a track record. When somebody wants to hire them, then, well, wait a minute. What have you done that's relevant to my business? Do you have any connections with businesses? And I may want to ask Lorena about this as well, you know, where you can get them into a job. So if they can, or at least get them for an interview. Maybe I'll ask Lorena if you're not familiar with that part. 
Oh, well, I am, but I'll let Rena talk. No, 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 no. You go ahead, please. Tell me. Well, the whole time they're in the uh, LA Rise program, they're going to job fairs and they're working on their resume. But when they reach the 200 hour mark is when we start really digging into their resume. We really start having them apply through Cal jobs, through Indeed, through all that. We do um, work with some agencies, but not necessarily to get them straight into the job, but we work with them to get them to the job fair. Because it's really on them to get the job, like doing the interview process and all of that. We want them to have that experience. And if we just gave them a job somewhere, then they wouldn't get that experience. Got it. So that's what we're trying to do for them. That's why they get the makeover. That's why they get the interview clothes. That's why they get all of that. So they can feel like they did it on their own. So really full service, though, that they get all that resources, those yes. resources. I love that. You know, it's uh, it, there really is this lack of confidence. And especially if you're older, too, this sense of... I'm not in it. You know, I don't, and all the digital stuff and the phone and I I will feel uh, incapable or less capable. So I'm really glad to hear that. Uh, And we also provide them computer classes. Uh, They're not comfortable with working Microsoft Word, Excel, um, PowerPoint, those type of things. We have computer classes that they're allowed to take and it is paid when they take these classes to make themselves, if their new job requires them to have computer knowledge or things like that. We And we do resume building workshops as well for them to have all of that while they're with us. So they're getting training on top of training the whole time they're in the 300 hours with us. That's great, Lorraine. Uh, that's great, Alex. Alex, give us your full name. I didn't catch it at the beginning. Uh, my name is Alexandria Pineda. Great. And her middle name is Renee, like mine, which I love yes. to hear. <laughs> Thank you, Alexandra. This has been a wonderful. What I'm going to do is I'm going to suggest we move uh, into the next segment in a moment. And both of you come on, if it's OK. Lorena, will we'll bring her back on and Alex. And we'll talk more about some of these programs. And, and I'd like okay. to talk also about the psychology, the dynamics in the women's lives. So people can uh, be more empathetic and understand what they go through. I've, I want to remind our audience, you're listening to the Dr. Renee Frazier Show, Why Women. And we're talking about how women can strengthen their lives through the Downtown Women's Center. I like to talk about how women, I like to speak about how women lead and succeed. I've got two great leaders on the show today, but I want to talk about also their own paths to success and the ways they've learned to succeed, both at the Downtown Women's Center and throughout their careers. So you're listening to the Dr. Renee Frazier Show, why women please stay tuned you'll be listening to traffic and news we'll be right back you're listening to dr renee frazier I'm Matt Frazier of uh, Frazier Communications. And on this show, Why Women, we feature wonderful, successful women and places that women go for help. And today we're talking about the Downtown Women's Center, which has been a really strong program and uh, center for women in the Skid Row area. I'm delighted to have Lorena Sanchez on and Alex, one of the members of the team uh, and part of LA Rise, who came also to use the services. So, uh, Lorena, let's talk a little bit about um, all the programs. I know that Alex is also going to give us some of the numbers, but what do you see in the future? Do you see growth? Uh, I, I heard about OT Center. You might want to tell us about that. Yeah, thanks, Renee. 
You know, right now we're excited because we are going to be um, growing beyond our Skid Row community. Uh, right now, the Downtown Women's Center has been primarily based in um, east part of downtown in Skid Row. But later this year, we're going to open up a facility in North Hollywood. We'll, we'll be the service provider. And then hopefully by the end of the year, we will also open Oatsy's Place, which will be in Van Nuys. Oh, great. Three locations then. Wonderful. Three locations. And we're hoping to be able to develop 97 more units on what is currently our parking lot. So all in, 250 more units of permanent supportive housing by 2026. Oh, that's fabulous. Well, I th- we'll, we'll talk toward the end of the show about how people can support you. But just in case they're listening right now, you want to give us the website and a way they can donate or learn more? Yeah, absolutely. Um, please, everyone, uh, go to our website at downtownwomencenter.org uh, or just uh, Google <laughs> Right. Down DWC, women, homelessness, and we'll come right up. That's great. That's great. We want people to be able to donate and learn more. Well, Alex, can you give us an idea of what got accomplished in the last year? I mean, a lot of organizations had trouble because we were still in COVID some of the time. But in 2022, give us a snapshot of what was accomplished. Well, um, we were going to talk about the uh a subsidiary of the Downtown Women's Center is called Made by DWC. It's a um, Los Angeles-based social enterprise that was founded by the Downtown Women's Center in 2010, and it has three unique businesses. It has a cafe, a boutique, and the uh, consumer product division where the candles and soaps are made. And I'm just going to give you a rundown of what we were able to accomplish in that program in 2022. Okay. We had 39 transitional jobs, paid job training roles that we were able to have. We did 11,700 plus training hours completed, and those are paid trainings. We had 10 positions created for women from our program. So we created 10 new positions. We had 465,000 plus earned income invested back into the local community. And then 60 cents. 66% 66% completion rate from transitional jobs, 70% placement rate in local competitive jobs, and then we have a 68% retention rate in competitive jobs at six months. Oh, wow. So, so our, we have very high numbers of people completing the program, graduating right. from the program, and finding jobs afterwards. Seven out of ten find a job afterwards. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. I, I, what, what I also heard was this notion of uh, being incentivized to stay in your job. The $75 payment over time. And uh, yes. you know, having been on boards, like I was on the nonprofit board, Volunteers of America, uh, for several years. And I learned that it's one of the hardest things is to keep the job, right? You, yes, you get trained on how to show up on time and how to dress properly, but then you get annoyed at those people. And, you know, it's like, oh, I'm just going to go back. I don't know if I really want to do this. It's hard sometimes to make it through those times. How does the program do that? And, and what happens with this uh, financial incentive? Lorena can answer or Alex, either one. Well, what what normally happens is that's why our numbers are so high because of the retention services. It makes them eager to want to stay at their job. Um, and the way they are always in, in contact with their workforce development coordinator uh-huh. or their caseworker. So that's how they keep up with the trainees so much longer after they graduate from the program because we want to still offer them those services. And if they haven't found a job, offer them 
more job incentives, uh, not job incentives, but job fairs. Got when they it. Go to those because they're constantly looking for a job for them once they've graduated from the LA Rise program. That is the whole purpose of LA Rise is to get them permanent jobs. So if we don't do it right when they graduate, we still continue to work with them well after they graduated to still fill that role for them to for them to have a permanent job. So go ahead, Lorena. Yeah, and also like what I really appreciate about the program, and I think people don't understand or underestimate, is that I, I see it largely as a as a confidence building program. I mean, many of these women have um, attained a high school education or higher. They've had jobs. They've held competitive jobs. And then they've experienced this giant trauma. And so part of our work, the large part of our work, is to help them work through that trauma. And so it might be, you know, something that just I had the personal experience of recently is seeing someone successfully placed in a job and them being triggered by that good fortune. Oh. And I had not, I, you know, I, the opposite I'd seen, but mm-hmm. I'd never seen someone react and think, wait, I don't deserve this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, talking them through that and also understanding, you know, that that my pushing and my, you know, of course, you know, you got this wasn't helping because right. I wasn't seeing, you know, why it was, why it was re-triggering them. And that's why I, I, I'm so impressed with our workforce development team with, Alex, who's involved in that hands-on training, because, you know, she's able to say, I, I know what you're experiencing and we've got you. Yes. And I think a lot of that is that trust building. You can do this, um, you know, come back and check in with us. If you're feeling insecure about this, we've got you. Yes. Yes. I think it's important. You know, many of us don't have that in our own lives, right? You or you or you have it on a limited basis, a good friend or uh, maybe your mom. I know a lot of my friends still go back to their mothers. But when you feel what we call imposter syndrome, right? Like I'm an imposter. I don't really belong with this group of people. They're so accomplished or I don't deserve this job because I've not done this for such a long. You talk yourself into it. And as you said, with post-traumatic stress, you can it can be triggered. The Traumatic feelings, the negative feelings can be brought on by many things. So I hear what you're saying. People need someone else to talk to who can give them a hug, pat them on the back, look in their eyes and say, you've got this. We know you could do it and give them examples of how they did it in the past, right? Or something they've done. Plus, I think being in a group of other people who've experienced it. Do do some of this happen in group sessions? Do people ever get to share their stories? Absolutely. Um Thanks, Alex, for sharing all those stats. Uh, another one of our 2022 stats is over 2,000 mental health sessions. And so that's offered, that could be offered one-on-one with a clinician or in a, in a group setting. And I think that's, that's um, you know, largely what we're providing is we're providing a community. I, I've heard Alex say before, you know, people on the bus just saying, just head down to Downtown Women's Center, you know, they'll, they'll figure you out. And we like <laughs> to say that there's, that there's no wrong door. You know, you might not right. know what you need or who you should talk to. And actually, I think a large part of our retention work, too, is helping women navigate their benefits, because unfortunately, you know, as they start to earn more money, they can put certain benefits um, at risk. So part yes. of our work is, you know, helping how, not just getting to a place where you're you can make ends barely meet, but how can you really thrive? Yes. And how to do that sustainably. Yeah, we also give them financial management courses on how to manage their money as well. And that's a required class. So they have to do that class before they graduate. 
It's so they really get that important. financial management in there it's, as well. Yeah, you know, unfortunately in our world, we uh, when you're successful and you get a job, you're inundated with credit card applications and, <laughs> and ads that say, well, you know, pay, you know, take, bring us your paycheck and we'll give you the money or don't, you know, worry about it. We'll give you the money early. So there are a lot of forces that kind of take you into the wrong pathway for, for finances, right? And uh, I, I'm on the marketing and advertising side. My firm won't do that kind of work, but I know colleagues who do that and they know they're deliberately tricking people. One gal who works on credit cards said, you know, we know to advertise those big sports on those big TVs and take that trip to Hawaii and you deserve that time it, deliberately to get people to, you know, sign up for that extra credit card and take advantage. So I think having financial literacy, you know, managing your checking account, managing your savings, knowing what an interest rate is, compounded interest, it took me a while to learn those things. So I'm glad to hear that they have programs like that. I think it's wonderful. Uh, Alex, I'm curious about this no wrong door. What is she talking about no wrong door? Well, I mean, I've had ladies that come through the program and tell me that they didn't know how to find the women's center and they were on the phone with someone Mm -hmm. from the center and they directed them. They stayed on the phone with them till they got to the safe space. It doesn't matter where you, who you are or where you come from, we will help you. So there's no wrong door that you can enter or, because I, when a lady told me to go downtown, I thought she was crazy at first. I was like, <laughs> have you seen downtown? Because I was new to L.A. And who knew that it was this hidden gem and all of that des- despair, you know, that would yeah. help me and and help me thrive and help me live a good life. You know, I, I'm well off now because of this place. Like, I was, I'm better off here than I was at my home in Texas oh, where I lived 30 years. I love hearing and that. And I thank the Women's Center for that because they helped me through everything. It's fantastic, Alex. You got back on your feet and you're thriving, which is wonderful. Well, we're talking about the Downtown Women's Center. This is the Renee Frazier Show, Why Women, where we feature women as they lead and succeed. In our next segment, we're going to ask Lorena and Alex about their career path and their journey, maybe even who they admire from their childhood, just to learn a little bit more about them as uh, successful and capable women. I hope you've all learned a lot about the Downtown Women's Center. And uh, as uh, uh, Lorena said, it's real easy to find on the internet, downtownwomenscenter.org, or you Google it. They're very well known for their homelessness programs and their helpful programs guiding women. Uh, I hope they're not still the only one doing this, in uh, certainly in the Los Angeles area. They were the first, and uh, we'll be listening to them tell us their stories, and I'm going to ask that question about other resources that might be available. So stay tuned. You'll be listening to Traffic, and we'll be right back with the Dr. Renee Frazier show, Why Women. This is the Renee Frazier Show. It's Dr. Renee Frazier from Frazier Communications, and our show is Why Women. Today, we're talking about the Downtown Women's Center. I want to welcome back uh, Lorena Sanchez and Alex, who are going to talk about it. I was on the, in the during the break. I was talking to Lorena about the problems that we see. We know that our mayor Karen Bass is working very hard, and there is housing being built for folks. But we also need these services. And uh, Lorena had some interesting statistics 
statistics to talk about and the, the, the size of the problem, particularly with women. Lorena, tell us about the unhoused. Absolutely, Renee. So right now, just under 70,000 people are believed to be unhoused in Los Angeles, with women representing over 30% of that group. And so what we're seeing is that women as a subpopulation are one of the fastest growing. And we believe that if you know, we pay attention and we single out a specific group like women, like we've done with veterans or with youth or with families, and we dedicate resources and set goals that we actually can make a dent in that work. Um, we also know that women are experiencing disproportionate amount of gender-based violence. Mm -hmm. And so we need to make sure that our trauma services um, match our efforts. And so that means uh, safe havens, that means trauma-informed trained counselors, um, and, and much more housing. Absolutely. Housing, and as you said, uh, trauma-informed counselors. I think there's so much better understanding of uh, trauma and its uh, long-term consequences that we talked about in one of the earlier segments. You know, I did ask the question about other facilities. You told us that Downtown Women's Center was really the first of its kind focused on women. Are there others in the city now? I know there are better women's shelters and programs like that, but are there programs similar to Downtown Women's Center with the other support? Supportive services? Not, not quite like us. Um, we are like a, a full service shop, um, but now several of our neighbors, places like Weingart, um, LA Family Housing, they, they will have programs specific to women. And often Downtown Women's Center is uh, subcontracting out to them as well. Oh, that's sure great. That, that our programs are, are reaching them. That's great. We, we've had uh, Stephanie Klasky on the show a couple of times from L.A. Family Housing. They do an excellent job, too. And they have that room key program that Alex mentioned as well. Uh, yes. I want to oh, go ahead, Alex. Oh, no, I was just agreeing with you. That's all. <laughs> well, Alex, yeah. let me let me ask you about your personal story. Texas bartending. Uh, tell me. How, yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, some, and I can see why that's a fun thing. Can you give us a little <laughs> bit of, a, you know, your backstory? Well, um, since you brought a bartender, I became a bartender. I was in the Air Force for six years, mm -hmm. and I was a EMT medic. I drove the ambulance. Wow. And when I came off of active duty, I just did not want to do that type of work because it's very trauma. You see people on their worst day every day. Yes. So yeah. it was just um, vexing my spirit. So I wanted to get into something else, but I liked working with people. So I became a a server like a, a waitress first and the lady there just like me and I became a bartender and I started I raised three kids off of that I have wow. three children they're all adults now like Lorena was saying sometimes we meet women that they're single but they still have children but they're adults like you just have to know the situation mm -hmm. so that's I was able to come here I came here to live my life not knowing a pandemic was going to happen. Right. But like I always say, everything happens for a reason and God knows best. So he put me in the place where I would come across the downtown women's. Center. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm here. I do bartend sometimes on the weekends or like <laughs> I'll, I'll work the Super Bowl and then I work the Oscars one time because I'm a really seasoned bartender. So I get to work in all those little swanky type events. I love it. And I have my license. And so I do them sometimes, weddings sometimes, but now I do them for fun and I don't really do it to pay the bills. Yep, you so got it's a the... lot more fun to yeah. me now yeah. because I don't have to stress about how much tips I make. <laughs> but um, 
I was I was never going to leave this place. Once I was in here in downtown Women's Center and I'm able to help more women that were just like me. And like you said earlier, it does help that when they're telling me their issues, I can come back to them and say, well, I remember when I went through it. Yes. So let me help you. They trust me more because I've been through it and I'm understanding about what they're going through. And I connect them to all the resources that I, that cross my path on my journey. I keep a record of it. So if I'm able to forward that to them, I do that as much as I can without overstepping my job. Sure. Role, but it's just as a trainer, let me tell you how this worked for me. I can tell you what happened with me when I did this or what goal you're going to work towards. Because that's the first thing I ask them when I meet them. Well, what do you want to accomplish? Mm-hmm. What are you wanting to, what are your, what is your dream job? What, what would you like to do? And I try to work with them towards that because it's the, it's the way they want to go. And it, they're always motivated to want to work when they get, when they make it to us, they're ready to work. I get it. I get it. Yeah. And you guys are eager and ready to help them. I, you exactly. Know. But so, they help us just as much as we help them. I couldn't make, I could probably make a couple of candles, but I wouldn't be able to mass produce like we do without them. So they help us as much as we help them. That's great. Yeah, they are really serious workers in your social enterprise, yes, which is wonderful. Yeah, Lorena, what about you? Give us your kind of backstory. And you and I are both in the communications business, and we both have a USC connection. But tell us your story. I am a, a journalist and international relations grad by training, and. I don't have a linear path. I I like to think that I just bounce from complicated communication challenge to challenge. I uh, spent some time working abroad, working for an organization called the OECD, uh, kind of the economic counterpart to NATO Uh and talking about how we uh, measure the well-being of a society beyond income and, and material indicators. And then I bounced to uh, University of Southern California, where I had the pleasure of working with students and their families and connecting in particular uh, students that had, and, and families that never had the opportunity to do so before in making college feel attainable and possible. And then one day I went to downtown Women's Center uh, for a day of service. And as I was walking around on a tour right in front of the mailboxes, it, it hit me the how grounding it feels to have a place that you call home. And because I'd bounced around, you know, living in France and DC, I just took it for granted that I had a home, that I had a home that whole time. Hmm. And I left that day wanting to do something for the center. I thought I was going to, you know, teach a class on communication or Excel, like Alex was mentioning, (laughs) you know, something like that. But I, you know, and then three months later, I was interviewing for a job. And here you are. And here I am. Wow. And the reason I'm like drawn to it is because homelessness is, is such a polarizing issue and it's divisive and it's, you know, our city right now is grappling with it. And I believe that there's a place for everyone. And so that's why I do this work and, and why, you know, both of us are thrilled to be talking to you today because you know, there, as we said before, there's no wrong door. Uh, so if you're listening and you're interested in what we do and you have questions that you're not sure who to ask, you know, you're welcome to come to the center. We, we love to have visitors and we love to bring people into our space. Oh, thank you for being so inviting. I, I'm, I'm very impressed and touched by the work that you do. And you're 
compassion uh, for the women. And, uh, I, you know, I, I, we're going to have to close in a few minutes, but I wanted to talk about how people address the unhoused. You know, I think we're all afraid. Well, what, what's your advice? How should we speak to them or what should we do? The easiest thing and, and most surprising thing that I've learned is eye contact and saying hello. Um, people have spoken to me about feeling like not a person, not seen. Uh, and I think I think back to our origin story of Jill and the woman that she befriended, Rosa, and that, you know, people are trying to maintain their dignity, even if they are unhoused. And we can participate in that. We can sustain them if if we acknowledge that they're there and that we see them. Uh, and, you know, right now with it being cooler weather, um, offering a warm drink, coats, anything like that, uh, I know it doesn't feel like enough, uh, but those those gestures do, do, do help. And Alex? Yeah, I would agree with Lorena, like, just like I always carry like single dollars in my pocket when I'm walking from I walk from Los Angeles Street to the San Pedro site every single day to pick up lunches for our trainees so on my path I encounter pretty much the same people so just that warm gesture like hello how are you doing just being a familiar face to them because so many people come downtown to do to give away stuff but you might not see them for another year or but if you're that familiar face that just said good morning or gave them a dollar to go get them a warm coffee to get that building that trust because a lot of them won't have anything to do with you unless they trust you so right, right. once you get that trust built then you kind of dig into okay so what happened like why how did we get here can you tell me your story do you mind telling me your story and i make sure they trust me first before i go through that that's great so that's great you that's don't... what i've learned about dealing with the homeless on the street mm -hmm. um the ones in my training class i'm always that supportive person that is there for them if they just call or text me or if something's going on i just and i i maintain their privacy i don't tell anything that they've ever told me to anyone unless they give me permission right right so you know it's give doing that and just showing up every day for them that that's how I come. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And this has been wonderful. I mean, everyone deserves respect. Right. And I agree yes. with you this, you know, not looking them in the eye and looking away is, is shameful in a way. It's scary for people. They're worried about mental health. They're worried about other issues. But I, I think you can see that the person just needs a, a warm smile. And I like that idea of just handing them a dollar and asking them to get coffee. I know I live in Santa Monica and I've had conversations mm -hmm. with three of our unhoused on a regular basis. Uh, and try to at least understand their story and their size because candidly, uh, there but for the grace of God go out, die, right? I mean, I could be one of those people. Some bad things could happen that put you into that state. So thank you both for the work that you do with the Downtown Women's Center. This has been a great uh, opportunity to learn more about the Downtown Women's Center and particularly the uh, LA Rise at the Downtown Women's Center and the fact that there's a uh, cafe and a, a shop as well as the uh, opportunity to pick up those candles. That's a wonderful thing to be able to purchase the candles and the soaps and the bath salts. Well, thank you all for, for what you've done and the work that you do. And uh, I hope to see you at one of the events and maybe uh, 
come to our day of service. Maybe I'll, I'll follow the same path as Lorena. You never know. You've been listening to the show called The Dr. Renee Frazier Show, Why Women, where we feature women who lead and succeed and learn about the issues women address and how we are solving those problems. I am so glad to know that the Downtown Women's Center is a uh, hospitable, caring, empathetic place for women in need, and we support them. Thank you again uh, to the folks who've been on the show. Alex, very much appreciate it. Lorena, thank, thank you, you for your for story. Us. Thank you. Folks, you can uh, listen to our uh, radio show as podcast at FraserCommunications.com. Thank you for listening. Have a great week ahead.